We don't have nowhere to go yet. Amen. So good evening. Good evening. Praise the Lord. I'd like to welcome all of you tonight to the Creating a Prayer Coach. I'm sorry. Welcome you all tonight to the Tuesday night Bible study. I got so much going on there. I'm trying to run it all together. But we thank the Lord for a Tuesday night Bible study, Monday night prayer and Bible study. And um, we thank the Lord to, for tonight. Amen. Uh, for what the Lord is going to say to us tonight. Amen. We have a lot going on in our world right now that's impacting and having an effect on all of God's children. Amen. Whether you saved or unsaved, all of us are feeling the uh, impact of a lot that is going on right now. And so we want to try to be able tonight to address from a biblical word perspective a lot of this that is going on that concerns us. Amen. And so we want to tonight just welcome all of you. Uh, please put your phone on mute, whoever you are. My name is Pastor Lester Hayes. Uh, I'm going to be the teacher tonight. We've partnered with uh, River of Life with Pastor Thomas and, and, and Joe, co-pastor Joe Rich and Pastor Mike Ellis on the phone tonight. And a, and a bunch of our brothers and sisters from uh, around the globe, really, because this will be going out on the podcast about 40 different platforms and all over the world. Amen. And we want to thank the Lord tonight for all of you out there that think it not Robbie to take the time to join us. Uh, pray the word will benefit you tonight and I'll help you tonight to be able to make some well-informed decisions concerning your future. And uh, I would say to you tonight, venture to say tonight uh, that I just don't think that uh, none of us will ever be the same after what we're going through right now. I don't think that this we're going backwards. I think we're going to have to move forward. And, uh, and to do that, hopefully tonight I'll shed some light on uh, a certain perspective that you may be able to use to kind of build a, a, a plan for your future. Amen. That's my hope is that I give you something tonight to kind of like you can use as building blocks or just have a different perspective that be well informed about. Uh, from my perspective, uh, when I study the word, what I kind of see. Uh, that don't mean that this is all it is. Uh, this is just my perspective, how the Lord began to deal with me, because I, too, have to deal with this. Even though we're pastors and we're leaders in the church, we still got to live, too. So we have to have a perspective, too, because we got families that we're trying to raise and grandchildren and people that are looking to us and clergy and other clergy call us and ask for insights and what do we think about this and so you know, and we have members in our ministries that are looking to us and they need answers and we need to be able to give them some type of perspective that can help them make well-informed decisions. So that's my hope and goal tonight. So let's just kind of pray and then we'll get into this word tonight and see how far we can get. We do want to honor uh, uh, my wife who passed the share and she's here with me tonight. Amen. Yes, and yes, yes. My greatest fan and cheerleader. Yes, uh, we do thank and praise the Lord for uh, just all of you tonight. Amen. And uh, like I say, thank it not Robbie, Sister Shantine Green from our uh, from our early morning uh, prayer all the way from uh, Kenya. Amen. But she's by way of North Carolina. So uh, a lot of her family members will probably be in, enjoying this teaching tonight too. Amen. Because I know she likes to share with them. So we just have so much to be thankful and grateful for tonight. Amen. And so let's go to the Lord tonight in prayer and just... Um, and just invite the Holy Spirit to come and help us tonight. Father, as we come tonight in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of your son, Jesus. Yes. Father, we don't know what to do, but we do know we can turn to you. 
And so we turn to you tonight and ask you for guidance and direction, ask you for instruction tonight and righteousness, ask you tonight, Lord God, for uh, to open up your inspired word that you say is good for doctrine, is good for reproof and correction and instructions and righteousness, that the men and women of God may be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. We're living in a day and an age, Father, where we know that the days are very evil, but you have called us, Lord God, to be able to redeem the time because these days are evil, because of the times we're living in. So much uncertainty grips the heart of your people, the minds of your people, God. And some are tossed to, fro right now, worried, don't know where to turn to, who to talk to, what to do. And so, Father, they're just left, Lord God, with whatever is being given to them, told to them. And uh, as you told us just a few days ago, Lord God, don't put any trust in lying words. Don't put any trust, Lord God, in liars, in the tongues of the liars, the mouth of the liars. There's a lot of false information that's being spewed out there right now to try and calm the fears and the concerns of your people. But, Father, we want a good perspective as we plan for our future. We want to be able to have a good perspective, oh, Lord God. We want to be able to look in the word and see what it says. What is the perspective of the word when it comes down to to the rich and the poor. We know the word does not address a middle class. So some kind of way, Lord God, we have been led to believe that the middle class is where we should be focusing on. But God, you have called us to be the head and not the tit above only and not beneath. Why isn't this the words that are being uh, told and talked to uh, concerning your people, Lord God? And so we just tonight want to take a look at that perspective from the word of God that addresses the poor and addresses the rich. And uh, we thank and praise you, Lord God, right now as we set our hopes and our sights on a better future, Lord God, because you said, I know my thoughts towards you. They're not evil, but they're thoughts of peace. They're good thoughts that bring you to an expected end that you may have a hope in the future. You said, beloved, I wish above all things that I would have prospered and be in health. And even as your soul prospered, you desire that our way prosper. So as we open up your word tonight, we want to be able to see clearly this perspective from the poor and from the rich perspective and make a decision according to your word. So we give you all the praise and glory and honor right now for this teaching. Holy Ghost, now have your way. Give ears to hear, hearts to receive, and eyes to behold and see wondrous things from your plan of salvation for your people. We give you all the praise and glory and honor. We declare by faith tonight that we are the head and not the tail. We shall live above only and never from beneath. We declare that for not only us, but our seed and our seed seed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, then. Well, amen. Uh, want you tonight, if you got your Bible, if you want to follow along, uh, want you tonight to go with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably read a couple of pastor scriptures just to get us started uh, to kind of lay some foundation so you will know where we're going. But one of the things that, uh, uh, like I said a few months ago, that drew my attention was I was just basically concerned about the number of prayers that I had been praying for people who were concerned about their jobs, about their careers, about their futures, even before this pandemic hit. And uh, I love to pray and declare things over people's lives. I love to talk about prosperity. I love to tell people about prosperity the way uh, 3 John 2 talks about it, that as your soul prosper, that's when your way is going to prosper. And that, you know, I love to do that, encourage people to build them up with that because that's what uh, God's thoughts are toward us is that we have this expected end and that, you know, he want to give us a hope in the future. 
And part of that is he says that the, the wealth of the wicked are going to be laid up for the just. So there will be a wealth transfer. And notice I said a wealth transfer, that means more than just money. Amen. So it's going to be wealth in, in, in every uh, possible area. We know that there are four dynasties right now that we're going to have to contend with. They're either going to benefit and prosper us or they're going to fail us. And that number one is government. Number two is education. Number three is religion because man now is calling it religion. Okay, the Bible doesn't call it religion, but man calls it religion. And then the, the last one is our economic system. Amen. So those are four dynasties that we really going to have to deal with. And if man creates systems for us to deal with them, then those systems will fail us as we see right now. Now, we have a steep history goes all the way back to the 1930s when there was a time of, of, of depression and it hit the whole country. OK, and out of that came a lot of these systems that we have today. This capitalism, capitalism system came out, a system of capitalism was birthed out of that. Social security was birthed out of that. A lot of these other systems, social systems, was birthed out of that difficult, hard time. And it really challenged our country. And so we have been basically putting our trust, confidence, building our future by investing in, uh, supporting financially those systems and voting for governments who, who support those systems. And here we are today, those systems are failing us because there is no equal representation uh, being given back to the people who those systems apparently were created to benefit. Amen. There's no guarantee that if you pay in, you might be able to get anything out of it because they keep pushing the age back. Okay. And so, you know, they say, well, people are living longer now. But well, that was not the original agreement we had. So as you can see, these systems are constantly being manipulated. And so out of that, they set up a capitalist system that said you got the, the wealthy top percent, those who create jobs, and then you got the middle class, and then you got the poor people. And that system has not worked. If you think about it, it has not worked. That's why we have so many problems today. It's proven that that system does not work because that system is not based on God's perspective for the rich and the poor. You know, let's forget about the middle class, but what about the rich and the poor? You know, God said, you always going to have the poor with you. He never mentioned the middle class. The system of the world mentioned the middle class. And so it's kind of like brainwash people to think if I could just get to the middle class. No, God called you to be the head and not to tell above only never beneath. Why can't you have why can't you set your limits this on the sky too? You know? Why can't why can't you have that? Why can't you rise to that level of success? And it's because we've been conditioned to follow these systems, to vote for these systems, to pay into these systems. And as we can see right now, those systems are failing us, and they're even talking about right now scripting those systems of all that money being paid in to pay other things over here and to pay this and to balance this out, and it's not working, amen. Because America, and I hate to say it by my own country, offers uh, to most Americans either you be rich or you be poor. Now, they'll wave that carrot called middle class in your face to try to calm people in your face to try to calm people down, calm down some of the tension. But there is no real middle class. You think about it, okay? The rich get richer, the poor get poor. And some kind of way, the middle class, that carrot dingling in our face, get lost in the discussion. To me, now I'm talking about to me, because I've lived in this system too, 
Okay, I retired at 49 years old after 30 years in the military. Uh, I do draw my Social Security. It ain't what I want it to be, but you know what? I wasn't going to wait another year because I said another year, it might not be there. It might not be the same, and I see that now. And so I went ahead on and filed for mine, you know, because I paid into it, you know, and they still might change it. Okay, but I kind of saw the writing on the wall, you know, and so they keep now trying to push the age back. But I'm so glad I went ahead and filed for mine, my retirement, you know. Uh, I put aside a little nest egg for a saving for a rainy day. I wasn't stupid, you know. And so I'm just saying this out there that if you right now have, you know, a little bit of income coming in prayerfully and hopefully you're putting away a little bit of your, your income for that rainy day because you really might have to fall back on it the way things are going right now. So if you don't have a little saving, a little you need to probably do it right now. Start right now. Start right now generating you a little saving uh, because you might need it one day. Amen. And so this to me now is a carrot being waved in the face of working people, that little middle class, kind of like they want to cap you out and allow you. I mean, I was so uh, distraught about five or six years ago when I was trying to uh, apply for something. Uh, uh, Social Security with disability. And I've been disabled since I got out of the military, disabled before I even retired. And they're going to tell me, uh, you know, once I apply for my Social Security with uh, disability, first they said, yes, man, you know, we no, no problem. And then when it actually came time to cut the check, uh, they didn't honor it because they said, well, disability in the military is different than disability out here in the world. And so I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, what's the difference? They couldn't give me no difference. So what they said was, when that didn't work, well, you already make too much money in retirement. Now, my wife don't work. She retired with me. But they're going to throw that carrot at me and say, you make too much money in retirement. I said, what are you talking about? So eventually, I just simply said, Lord, I'm just going to put my confidence and trust in you. And once I did that, it was like, I just have peace because God has already always taken care of me and supplied all that I need according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, let me tell you something about my God. Okay. I don't take no salary from the ministry. Okay. Praise God for that. But God has always supplied what I needed. Why? I'm a tither. I support a good organization that take care of feed people. You know, we give back to our public, our community. A lot of you have supported our, our annual giveaway. My wife and I, you know, every month we're supporting some type of organization. We the Shriners up there with the, the hospital for the kids with cancer. So we find different places where we can give to, you know, to support those. And I'm not too Mahone, I'm not bragging. I'm just trying to get a perspective on what system works for us. Okay? Where much is given, much is required. Now, a little bit ago I had a claim in for an accident that had happened. And it stayed in there, man, for several years. And so when all this other turmoil was going on, they went ahead on, man, and honored the claim. So all of a sudden, our, we, we, now we could establish a nest egg for that rainy day. I, I, you know, it's just amazing. At the same time, you know, I'm diagnosed with cancer, you know, and God healed me from that. So now I'm prospering spiritually. Why? Because my soul is prospering. So I'm, getting, I'm beginning to see all these things from a different perspective. And I said, you know what? I'm rich, not because I have a lot of money. I'm rich because I'm wealthy in the knowledge of my father and what he said he's going to do. I see things from his perspective. Now, a lot of you probably don't know it. I have another claim in right now that I'm waiting on. And I stand on the scripture. The Lord say uh, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, you know, because 
as soon as all this uh, litigation ended that I just had this claim in for and we settled, the next day I get a call from a, from a, a law firm in D.C. stating that they had pulled my name up and saw where I had, had, I had been treated for cancer. And me and my wife had been talking about for years, uh, why did I end up with cancer? You know, why, why, where did it come from? No, no indicators before. And they began to tell me about this Roundup stuff. I went and did some research and found out, yeah, we used to use Roundup when I was in D.C. back in the 90s and been using it ever since over at our church, spraying weeds and all of that. And so they said, yeah, you realize right now there's a, there's a suit going on and we don't need no money from you. We just need to know, can we represent you? I said, hey, go for it. You know, I, I, you know, go for it, you know. So I went ahead and released them, sent them my medical records to prove that I did have cancer, you know, blah, blah, blah. Come to find out my type of cancer was one of the number one cancers that was a result of, you know, the effects of, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, Roundup. And I'm like, wow, Lord, I mean, is this another one of those blessings you got for me where the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just? And I just said, amen. Not that I work for money or you know, or look for any of those things. But when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he said all these things will be added unto you. God is always going to look out for his people. He's always going to supply all that they need by his, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, because he knows what we're going to do. He knows that my wife and I come in, come in contact with any type of wealth, any type of money. He knows we're going to roll it right back over, man, and advance the kingdom. And so he can trust us because we're going to be good stewards, you know. And so I just give God the praise that I don't have to sit here, sweat. I don't have to bribe people. I don't have to trick people. I don't have to be aggressive, be aggressively beg people. If I just do things from his perspective, then I can say, even though I might be poor compared to worldly standards, that I'm rich. If I'm sick, I can say I'm healed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we can say all those things that God said we can say. That's what makes us wealthy. And so who's really rich and who's really poor? And so that's what we want to take a look at tonight and try to help us to be able to understand, you know, that these systems are failing us. And we are being forced to choose one of these systems. If you're in this world, you're being forced to choose. Even right now, they're telling people, you should choose to wait before you file for your Social Security. Wait till you turn 66. Wait till you turn 70. It might even be better for you. And they waive all this little increase, four or $500 each five years. You're going to get that much more. Might not even be the same when you turn 70 or 65, 66. It, you, it might, you might not even be able to enjoy it, you know. And so if you paid into it, you, you know, just my opinion, Go ahead and enjoy it while you can because it might might not be there when you reach that age. But that's your choice. Don't let them wave something in front of your face. Uh, I call it trusting in them lying words. Uh, I put a post out the other day about that. Either It says either choice we make is a bad choice under the current capitalistic systems we are under right now. When faced with a major problem under this current system and administration, it doesn't seem to matter what the impacts are on the people. We will be forced to pay more as we earn less. You need to understand that. That's taking place right now. We have to choose one or the other. That's what they're telling us. Middle class or poor. Why not choose to be wealthy? Why not choose to be rich? You know, why do I have to let you tell me how much money I can earn, how wealthy I can be 
when you're just putting a cap on and saying it's only for the top 1%. They're the only ones that get all the breaks, the tax break. They're the only ones that get, you know, becomes, because they're the job creators, you know. I doubt that. You got some mom and pops down here not doing too bad themselves. But you're freezing them out because you don't want their businesses to blow up and explode. So you put a cap on them. Call them small business owners. In other words, even the language is putting a cap and a limit on you. You know, you know, and like they've already determined this as far as we're going to let you go. You're only going to be able to borrow X amount of dollars to grow your business. What if they want to do an expansion? What if they wanted to, you know, put some, buy some stock and have people invest in their business? What if they really wanted to grow their business? You know, and so they put all these caps and these limits on it so, to, so they can control the flow of the, of the money. Okay. But that's not uh, how we measure our, our success or our wealth success. You know, we measure it by looking at it from God's perspective. Amen. And we know God is a God of increase. And so, you know, the middle class or poor is the choices they're throwing at us. What about the head and not the tail? <clears throat> what about above only and not beneath? It's simply because people don't think about that. We think within the system that we are in and we work that system. Okay. We work that system. I was in that system for 30 years and around about midway into that system, I took a different perspective. My eyes were open because I thought that I could only be promoted by doing what that system required me to do. And when I went to God, I had the audacity to go to him and throw up in his face about my army career. And here's what he said to me in the spirit. What do I have to do with that? You chose that career before you ever started serving me the way you're serving me now. And I was like, wow. And he said, it's just the grace of God that I've allowed you to be as prosperous in that system as you have been. Now I'm getting ready to show you where promotions come from. And he took me straight to Psalm 75, 6 and 7. And the next three promotions came from me following that particular scripture, that promotions come from God, don't come from the, the, the south, the east or the west, but they come from the north. It leaves north out. You know, and I began then to stop worrying about the system and began to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And before you know it, next promotion came. Before you know it, next promotion came. And every time one of my subordinates came to me and asked me, I gave them that perspective. I said, look, you're doing good. Work that system as much as you can. But remember where promotions come from. Here, take this scripture. Pray this scripture. Become familiar with this scripture. Remind God of this scripture when it comes down to promotion. Give, you know, give him uh, you know, all the praise for promotion. And before you know it, I had to board and start getting promoted. Pastor Eric, same thing, promoted. You know, friends of mine, promoted. Because they used that scripture. You know, I used that scripture. You know, and here I am today, retired at 49 years old, uh, don't have a, a want for any good or beneficial thing because the Lord supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What am I saying? I don't care what the government do. I don't care what those systems do. God will take care of us, and we have to understand that, okay? We have to understand that. He will not forsake us or leave us. He's going to take care of us. Look at what his word says right here in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 9 through 16, King James Bible. All my scripture reference will be coming from the King James Bible. He says, the Lord shall establish thee as an holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, 
If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways and all people of the earth, all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee and the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle. Put your phone on mute, please. And in the fruit of thy ground and in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heavens to give the rain unto thy land in this his season and to bless all the work of thine hands, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe, and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left, or go after other gods to serve them, but it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. Now, this was a covenant that God had agreed, gave it to Moses to give to his people, to bring them into a covenant agreement. And the bottom line was God desired for his people to be the rulers of the world, to be the head and not the tail. Okay? He had a chosen people, and they rejected God. Okay? And so they lost that place. Okay, but then the Lord said, I want to now extend this to the Gentiles. And that's where we come in. And so this same covenant, this same blessing, okay, this same promise, it's ours to claim today. It is, it is the blessings of Abraham that's con that right now is, is, is included in this promise. And those blessings have been extended to us because we were the Gentiles that was offered this covenant and we were engrafted in. We were like the bad olive branch. Israel was the chosen people of God, the good olive branch. But because they rejected, we were engrafted in. Okay. And every generation since this word was given, since this covenant was established, God has been establishing his covenant with his people, not to be the tail, but to be the head. But we got to get this mindset. Okay. We got to get this mindset that we're supposed to be the head and not the tail above only and not beneath, you know. And we can't just accept the fact that man has said, I'm only going to let you be earned to the middle class. No, if God said, I want you to be the head and not the tail, that's what we ought to be thinking about. That's what we ought to be envisioning. That's what we ought to be planning for. That's what we ought to be declaring out of our mouth, you know, and because the Bible said we snare by those words. We take them by those words. Okay. And we'll never be able to know that. I feel like, you know, where I'm at right now in my freedom I don't have to work right now unless I want to, and I don't want to. I want to do what I'm doing right now. At 49 years old, I walked away with a full career, okay, with a full retirement. You know, I'm not, I'm not boasting, but that was just what the Lord did because he didn't want me to be distracted when it came down to teaching and preaching this gospel. And so he eliminated my concerns about wealth. He eliminated my concerns about how I'm going to pay my bills, how I'm going to meet my financial obligations. Now I can lend to people. I'm not a borrower. I can lend to people. 
That's all because that's what God said. That was his perspective. And I found that out about halfway through my career. And I've been living from that perspective ever since. And so just because people tell me they own, they're billionaires, I look at them, man, and say, I'm a billionaire too. I consider myself wealthy, you know. I'm wealthy with the knowledge of my father, with the wisdom of my father, you know. And I wait on him to supply my need. When you lose your money, that's it. Your, your money can be stolen by thieves. It can be eaten up by moth and rust, you know. But what I have, the treasure in my heart, can't nobody take that away from me. Can't nobody steal that. That's laid up in heaven for me, where no no thief can break in and steal, and no you know no you know nothing can go moth and rust can't destroy that. You know I'm sealed in that. So I'm, so we are wealthy because our souls are prospering, and you got to get that perspective. And when that happens, any other thing that God want to add to you, He will. He will, but he's not going to add it to you if it's going to change who you are and make you greedy for more, you know, hungry for more, can't never get enough, ain't satisfied, you know. And so that's what we need. To, this, is, this is for us right here. This is our covenant right here that God want to establish with us, the believers. And then he goes on to say in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14 and 20, King James Version, he says, but the word is nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land, whether whether thou goest to possess it, but if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be, be drawn away by all these old systems and worship other gods and serve them, put all my confidence in that capitalistic system, I denounce unto you this day <coughs> that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whether thou passest over the Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, here it is, choose life that thou, that both thou and thy seed may live that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to Abraham, there it is, to Isaac and to Jacob to give them. That's why the blessing of Abraham is ours today. The promises of Abraham belong to us today. Please put your phone on mute. Please, please put your phone on mute. Thank you. And so that's why today we can declare that the blessings of Abraham still belong to us. But we got to know what they are. Amen. Our blessings of Abraham is not necessarily associated with this worldly system that's been created that right now everybody is hoping that it will work for them. Okay. Unless God intervene, it's not. But if we seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things, God would turn some things around and work them out together for our good. But let's not put all our trust and confidence in this system that was really not set up to prosper us. 
So we have to allow God to take this system and turn it around where the devil meant it for our bad and make it work together for our good. But if we don't put him first, okay, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen, okay? He won't add it to us. And that's what a lot of people are finding out right now is we're putting all our trust and confidence in those systems that have been created by man, okay? But God owns everything. Don't forget that. He owns everything. The earth is his, the fullness thereof, they that dwell therein. The cattle of a thousand hills belong to him. He said the gold is mine, the silver is mine. All of it belongs to him, the cattle of a thousand hills. And God can give it to whoever he wants to. He can take one down and raise another one up, okay? He will. In the last days, he said it was going to come to pass. The greatest of them was going to be the least of them, and the least of them was going to be the greatest of them. So God has already got this all mapped out. He has a covenant, and he's not going to violate it. But we got to position ourselves to get the right understanding of what God is saying. You know, I, I won't say the right understanding, but the right perspective and understand that perspective. There are principles there that God is not going to violate. He wants to bless us more and more. He wants us to think as the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And if it don't happen in my generation, then guess what? My seed will be blessed. My seed might be the one that carry it through. My seed is doing that now. I'm so thankful to God. You know, they don't have to make the same mistakes I made, you know, and they're and they're and they're 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 being blessed just like he promised. Your seed is in the same boat. OK, so let's hear this right here. Do you hear the voices of the rich that are speaking to us right now out of all these places? Wall Street, D.C., government. Do you hear the voice of the rich? Do you hear what they're saying to us? OK. All they're saying to us and y'all hear me. This is why I just put out a, a text the other day, a whole <clears throat> prophetic message that said don't trust there's a danger in trusting in lying words that comes out of the lips and mouth of liars you can't put any stock in it it's based on what the world's view of riches are don't have no heavenly perspective at all so as you hear the voice of the rich right now in the land that's speaking to us Okay, know what it's based on. It's based on what the world, not God, but what the world's view is of riches. Let's look at a few of them. They say if you got money, it brings you freedom. Money brings security. Money is what matters. Okay, money is power. Money establishes not only your net worth. I know y'all have heard this before, but your worth as a person. Devil is a lie. Money makes you successful. Devil is a double lie. Money gives you options. Money brings happiness. Money is your reward. Save it and spend it on yourself. Money is your possession. Spend it on whatever you want. See, that's how the rich people wave this carrot about money. You know, but we know the love of money is the root of all evil. That's why they're doing so much evil right now. That's why they keep waving this little carrot right now. Oh, we're going to give you this. We're going to give you that to get you started. You know, we want you to be able to, we want to strengthen the middle class is what they say now. Why not strengthen my little mom and shop business to blow up and become a billionaire business? No, uh-uh. That means now, you know, I got to make space for you in my little world. My little top 1%. You know, my little billionaire club, you know, my little millionaire club, you know, we don't want we don't want them numbers to grow. We want to keep it like it is now small so we can control what goes on out there in the world.
so we can control the economy, so we can control the stock market. And you're going to have to invest in us if you plan on moving up to the middle class. You're not going to join our little club unless you've got billions of dollars already, unless you have you got major real estate property, unless you, uh, you have a rich uncle. You're not going to join our club. You've got to pay to play. You know. And that's kind of what the capitalistic system has done to us and is controlling us who are in the lower tier. You know, if that economic ring, you know, because they wave this little thing right here. This is what they say about riches. OK, it's based on what the world view is of riches. We don't want to base wealth, our wealth on that. OK, so now let's take a look at do we hear the voice of the poor? They, they're speaking to. OK, their view has to be based on the word. Our riches, the view of our riches, our wealth has to be based on the word because the Lord said the poor, you're always going to have with you. So you're going to have to make provision for them. Okay. And he already said the least of them that, that you do to them, you do also unto me. He also said, look, in the last days, it shall come to pass. I'm going to cause the greatest of them to become the least of them and the least of them to be the greatest of them. And I'm going to give the, the wealth of the wicked to the just. But we got to get this mindset to line up with the word. Amen. We got a little bit more, more time here to try to get, uh, get through this right here. So let's take a look here at the voice now of the poor. We just heard the voice of the rich, what they say about money and what riches are to them, what they base it on. But we should base ours on what God says, the poor, you know. Uh, that's what we are. Okay. We may be poor in material things, but we're not poor in spiritual things. And that's the difference. So let's see what we should be saying. Let's look at our perspective and be excited about it. Okay. He says, and we, we're, we're taking this from the word, from the words view now, not, not the world view, the world. There's a difference. It says, and this is in the book of first Timothy chapter six, verses seven through 10. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Why? Paul got, Timothy's got to address these people. He's going to be their pastor in the church right now, you know, and a lot of these people were not wealthy, rich people. They were poor people. And so Paul is telling Timothy, if you're going to pastor them, Timothy, you need to be able to address their concern. And so let's see what Paul tells Timothy here. He says the desire for money can be enslaving and lead to destruction. Now that's the premise. Okay. Only Christ brings true freedom. And let's see what first Timothy Chapter 6, verse 7 through 10, the King James Bible says, it says, for we bought nothing into this world. Don't get so attached to it. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. Don't get so, you know, attached to it. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. It turns some people into totally somebody different, which Drown men in destruction and perdition, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. We're seeing that right now. You know, look at the attitude of all these wealthy people on, on the stock market. Look at what's taking place with them. They're freaking out right now. You know, because this corona uh, pandemic 
Man, they snatching out their, their money out of, the, out of them investments. They offloading them stocks, man. I mean, they running. They selling property. They getting rid of everything. They closing down uh, meat factories. Anything that they have their name on as a CEO, got stock in. They Man, they jumping ship. They don't care about the impact it's having on the workers of those plants. They don't care. They don't care what happened to those employees. They're grabbing their money, offloading in some of these, these, these offshore banking accounts, man, investing it in other countries, man. They're leaving America hanging, man. The working force hanging. The poor people hanging. They're running away from us. And we gave them all them tax breaks because we said what they were going to do, let it trickle back down and create jobs. The job market right now is tanking. It ain't never going to be the same, <coughs> you know. You know, but look at what Paul tells Timothy to help the people get their perspective right and not to put their trust and confidence in man or those systems of the world, but put it in what the word says. What is the perspective that God has given us? Who do we trust when these things happen? That's what it comes down to. So let's let's look at this right here. Worldly wealth is very insecure. It will quickly pass away. That's what it says in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 10, King James Bible. Real security is found in knowing and trusting God. I hope y'all hear me. Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Look at what it says. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glorieth in this that he understandeth and knoweth me, says God, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. Now you think for a minute what's going on right now. The president just went on a visit down in Arizona. And all those three things I just talked about, let, let not man glory in, he repeatedly gloried in them. And no matter what questions they ask him, he went right back to self, his wisdom, glorifying his wisdom, you know, what he trying to do. He, he, he don't want the economy to tank. We need to put people back to work. Regardless, and they're asking him, what about if people die? What about if poor people continue to die because they can't get access to this, this, and this? He ain't mentioning that. He don't care about that. Because he's glorying in, in, in his own understanding. In his, you know, he's looking at his bottom line. All those people that he done gave those $1.7 million dollars He's looking at what they're doing. How he's going to continue to strengthen them. Because they're going to give to his campaign that's coming up. That's what this is about. More of the same. Don't, it's dangerous to put trust in those lying words. You read a Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 20. It talks about that. Amend your ways. Amend your doings. The Lord is saying. And hear what thus said the Lord. He's speaking to us tonight. Don't put no confidence in those systems. They are failing us. They were supposed to fail. Because they're leaving God out of everything. And they want to glory in their wisdom. Glory in what they're doing. Pat themselves on the back. You know. Let's go a little further here. 1 Timothy, the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verse 17 and 9 through 19. King James Bible. This is what it says. Thus saith the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let him uh, uh, 
be him the mighty man glory in his in his might let not the rich man glory in his riches but let him that glorious glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth that i am the lord which exercise loving kindness judgment and righteousness in the earth for i it said for in these things i delight saith the lord well that was uh that was uh first timothy i'm sorry first timothy uh chapter six verses 17 and 19 amen 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 and so let's go back up here and read what real security is about you know well i just read that to you amen just trying to follow my scriptures here and so christ and the kingdom of god are what matters y'all jesus christ and his kingdom is the only thing that really matters okay don't lose sight of that that's the only thing that matters. And here's what he says, okay? The book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33, King James Bible says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? All these things that the Lord knows is necessary for us, you know, food, clothing, shelter, you know what I'm saying, health, all these things that God know are basic, essential things that we need. You know, food, water, shelter. He know these things. He supply all of these things that we need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's got a perfect track record. When Israel was out there in the desert, they weren't hungry. You know, they were full of pride and arrogance and ignorance. They weren't hungry. They ate manna from heaven. They ate quail for 30 days. And all they could do was wish they were back under Pharaoh's punishment and his rule. You know, under that system that that enslaved them, you know. And so all those systems that are governed by man will enslave us, control us. But the Lord said, look, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God. You know, his way of doing things. God has a way of doing things, you know. And when you do things his way, look at here and you don't stop and you continue. You know, guess what he says? I'll continue to bless you. If you don't stop obeying me. I won't stop blessing you. <clears throat> Just that simple. Then he goes on to say in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 10, the King James Bible, he said, but what things were, were gained to me, this is Paul talking, me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. This is what makes you wealthy. This is what distinguishes you and separates you. Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, Paul said, and do count them but dawn that I may win Christ. What good does it do a man to profit the whole world and lose your soul? You better win Christ before it's too late and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Jesus, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. That's what makes you rich right there, Paul is saying, you know. Then he goes on to say power comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit anyway. Your money don't give you no power, you know. You may think it do in a certain group of people it does that love one percent of of your love you know your love peers you know you know the billionaire class 
the little country club group, you know. That, that's all. They, 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 they call you powerful, you know, but God don't call you powerful. He said the gold and silver is mine. Everything belongs to me. I'm in control. But he says this, power comes from being filled with the Holy Ghost. Book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, be ye, he says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in all Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Look at what he's saying. They don't have the kind of power to witness like you. They don't have the kind of power to influence like you. Right now, this call is going to be going out, man, in, 30, in 40 different groups of listeners and all over the world. That's how much influence we have because we feel with the Holy Ghost. We're witnessing the people right now. We don't know who all listen to us right now. We got people listening down there in Africa. We got people listening in about 27 countries right now. We don't know what impact and influence this is having on them. But we do know this. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, So shall my word be the ghost forth out of my mouth. It won't come back void. It won't come back void. That's what we bank on. That's what makes us wealthy. That's what makes us rich. We don't have to fly nowhere in no $80 million jet with all the comforts and luxuries. You know, we can come right here, right now, take the word of God, use this free platform that God has given us, and send out a wealthy mission, man, that will empower some poor people, man, to think that they're rich. Based on what God said, his perspective. Let's look in the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10, and this is my last scripture for the night. Uh, you know, we're right at that time right now. So here we go. The King James Bible, it says this. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gates of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple as, as an alms. Think about this. All these homeless people that are getting walked by right now, ignored. There are people out there right now because of this pandemic that are being touched in their heart to help them and feed them. But before this pandemic happened, man, they didn't care about those people. You know, they didn't care nothing about those people. They called it an eyesore, you know, didn't care nothing about. Them. That's what wealthy people would do. You know, they call you an eyesore call you a s-hole country you know call you a nobody go back to where you came from we all came from god but that's their mindset the wealthy look down on us like that and if we're not able to come up to the middle class you know that they don't weigh their little carrot how can you man let you get a break let somebody help you you know let somebody show let some of that that economic trickle down that they said that you know that the Wealthy was going to do, create some jobs for you. Why not put some programs out there to educate those people? Some of those people are veterans. Some of those people are dying out there in those situations. Some people are dying right now, man, and they like it. They're saying, look, give the vaccine to those younger people. Let those older people, man, they don't live their life. Let them die. Don't care, man. You know, don't care. Look at what Peter's saying, though. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. <coughs> and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered into them, entered in with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. 
and all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Amen. And so success comes from knowing God and doing what he says. He says, look, how can you say you love me? You ain't never seen me and hate your brother that you see every day. Your worth is based on what God says, not what your bank account says. Know that today. Know the different perspective between the poor and the rich, the rich and the poor, however you spend it. It all depends on do you look at it through what the world says or do you look at it through what the word of God says. That's what makes you rich or that's what makes you poor. Not what people say, but what does the word of God say? All right, then we're going to end right there. Appreciate the attention tonight. Uh, we just getting started. We'll pick this teaching back up on next um, week and go a little further. Amen and amen. That concludes the teaching tonight. The perspective of the rich and the poor based on what the world says and based on what the word says. Amen. We draw our conclusions. Thank you for your attention. Hopefully it blessed you. The line is. Yes. For your word praise this morning, oh yes. God. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give your name the highest praise. Yes, Lord. Lord. So worthy, yes. Glory, God. My Worthy God. Yes.
and it's just so amazing. God is so so good and so faithful and, and what he does and I and I thank the Lord for all of us being obedient to his voice and wherever he takes us or wherever he leads us to go, that is where we go. And it's so amazing the Lord had me in Hosea six on last Wednesday which was talking about a call to repentance. And it's amazing as I begin to open up the word of God this week to prepare for this morning. I open the, the word of God up right into Jeremiah chapter 3 again, which is talking about a call to repentance. So it, it's letting you know that the Lord, he's open right now. He's always open for people to come back to him, but it's so important now for people to, to come back to repent because he's open. God is open. He's available um, with a lot of things that's going on now. A lot of people, a lot of believers, there's a lot of believers, people who are Christians who at one time had such a love and a fire for the Lord, a lot of them have, have began to just turn away because of a lot of things that are going on and are happening in the world. A lot of them have kind of just turned a, a, a deaf ear to the Lord because of things that are happening. And then you have those that have never known the Lord who... They're, they're lost at this time. They don't know where to go, what to do, or, or what to say. People are, are getting to the place where some of them are going into a, a state of depression, or people who are saved who once upon a time battled depression are going back into that place of depression and have yet to realize that, that Jesus is still the same. He's not changed. He's not left us. He's always been with us. He's always going to be with us. For those of us who really, truly are all about our Father's business, we're just going deeper in Him. Praise God. We've not stopped what we were doing before. We're going to continue doing this um, after the world says it's it, it past. But for us, we're going to continue to do what we've always done, and that's trusted in the name of Jesus. And as the Word of God says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. For the righteous run to it. And it says that they are saved. They are saved. They are saved. See, we run to our safe place. We, and we don't just run to the safe place when it seems like just because the world says certain things are happening. We're always going into the safe place. Praise God. Anytime you pull away and you get into that place with just you and the Lord, that's your safe place. For some people on their knees praying, that's their safe place. For some, when they're opening up their word and they're reading scripture, that's their safe place. When they're listening to their worship music, and, and that's their safe place. Anytime you, you get into that place with Jesus, that is your safe place. When we get up every morning and we get on to creating a prayer culture for God, prayer line, for us, that's a safe place. I thank God he's given us so many places of refuge. He's given us so many fortresses. He's just given us so much, you know, so much joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, in Psalm 30 where it says, we've been made and do for night, but joy comes in the morning. And we got up this morning so excited. We get up every morning so excited because we know that that's another time that we can wake up. We can ask God to forgive us, come on, any kind of thing that we might.
might have thought, anything that tried to come there to block us, when you can get up and you can ask God for forgiveness another day, that lets you know that's another opportunity for you to draw closer to him and so that he will speak to you. And believe me, God is speaking loudly. And you want to be in a position to hear what God is speaking. And that comes from getting into that place and, and sit still sometimes sit and listen right what God is saying praise the Lord he's speaking but you've got to be in a position to hear him and that's the purpose of this creating a prayer culture for God's prayer line I, I know something that brother Alex mentioned on Sunday as he was ministering he said something so profound he said there's a lot being taught there's a lot being shared from the word he said and you might not get it all at that time said but you just keep going back and you keep listening and going through it and eventually you will praise god he didn't say you'll get it right then and there he said over time for some you go back you listen you know play it on repeat praise god so that you can go back and you can hear because sometimes you can be so excited and listening or things are happening there at home you're getting distracted so there's a lot of good nuggets that and I know for me, I'll go back and listen, and then I'll be like, my God, when did they say that? When was that shared? And I'm like, wow, this is amazing, God, because he has given us this tool, y'all. There's no way we can fail because he's given us this tool to where if you miss it, you can always go back and make up for it. Praise God. And it helps. This is a tool to help you along the way. It doesn't take away from your personal time with the Lord, but it just helps. It's a tool that helps to enhance that relationship. Amen. And so this morning as we prepare, we're going to be coming out of the book of Jeremiah. Hallelujah, Jesus. The third chapter. And I'm going to start, I'm going to be starting at the sixth verse. So that's the book of Jeremiah, the third chapter. And we're going to start off at verse 6 now we were in Jose 6 on last Wednesday still talking about repentance, the call to repentance come on, he's open he's, his arms are waiting, come, come and this is to everybody, this is to the leaders all the way down to the unsaved, the saved, the unsaved leaders, come on it's open to us all, but we're going to start out with the prayer that, that Jesus taught the disciples, amen and it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's why we can't wait to get to heaven to start doing his will. It has to be done now. That's why we get up every morning at 6 o'clock. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread, and forgive us our debt. We got another day to ask for forgiveness of our debt as we as we forgive our debtors. So thank God we've got another day to ask for forgiveness. Praise God as we, God's people, as we forgive our debtors and lead us not, Lord, into temptation and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. So we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this day as we're coming together on this prayer line. And so as we go over to the book of Jeremiah, starting at 
starting with the third chapter, and we're going to begin at verse 6. The Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, praise the Lord. Here's the Lord speaking. We're still, hallelujah, we're in the books of the prophets. God just won't let us won't let us leave, amen, but that's a good thing, praise God, because he wants us to hear what was already spoken years ago for this time, praise God, so that you will be prepared, amen, every day he's equipping you even the more, every time you get up, every time we come together, God is equipping you more for this time, amen, for this for this season, for this day, for this very hour, God is equipping us as the Lord, and I'm coming from a King James Bible. The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She is gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there hath played the harvest. Mm. And I said, After she hath done all these things, turned thou unto me, but she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backslided Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass through the likeness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and stocks. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah, hallelujah, has not turned unto me with her whole heart, but vainly saith the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. My God. And the Lord said unto me, The backslapped Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Twelve says, Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord. And I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge your iniquity that you have transgressed against the Lord your God. And have scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree. And ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. So here's the Lord calling back to my spot begins to come back even though you went against my word even though you went out there and you betrayed me in other words you cheated on me by going out into that in the world and you begin to crave more of the world then you crave more of me so he, he teaches it he the prophet begins to speak it in a way of adultery to where the sort of like a, a husband and a wife where it's saying the, the other individual went out, amen, and committed adultery. In other words, it means you went out and you put other gods before me. In other words, instead of being with me, I'm, I'm your God. What happened is you turned your back on me and you betrayed.
betrayed me in a sense. But what's so awesome about God is that he's so merciful. He's such a merciful and loving God. He's saying, come back to me and I, I forgive you. He's such a loving God. And, and even at this time, the Lord is calling people, come back to me. Come back to me. Those of you who have turned to other gods, those of you who have turned to other ways, praise God, instead of just trusting in me, instead of coming and, and trusting in me, you've trusted in the world and the world's riches. you trusted. People were looking to everything else but God. Um, a lot of places, a lot of, that's why I'm, I'm not so into a lot of these, like, so-called Christian movies um, that they take and say, oh, this is, this is this movie is about Jesus, you know. This movie is talking about the Bible, but you have to be so careful because a lot of that stuff depicts Jesus as weak and depicts Christians as being weak. They may say um, this movie is about Moses, or they may say this movie is about the Messiah, but you have to know the Word of God. See, you can't draw close to Christ through a movie. You have to get in his word and you have to pray and you have to ask him you have to cry out and call out to him teach me your word teach me your ways jesus i want to know how to love you i want to know how to serve you i want to know about your life the only way you can learn about jesus life is you have to get in the scripture you have to get in the bible the word of god so that you can learn about him and what has happened is so many people have depicted them as being weak and Christians as being weak, and they take these movies and they water them down. They don't really care. You got to remember, it's Hollywood, so they've got to paint a picture so it will draw people. And they think if we put Jesus on it, Moses on it, David on it, praise the Lord, all on it, that people will be interested and watch it. And it's, it's nowhere near what the Word of God says. The only way you're going to learn about Jesus, Paul, Peter, John, Jacob, Mary, the only way you're going to learn, Noah, the only way you're going to learn about Moses is if you get in the Word of God and get in the Scriptures, and he will teach you about all of them. And you'll begin to realize that a lot of what they dealt with, what they battled, how they conducted themselves, is a lot of a lot of the ways that we act and we conduct ourselves. But thank God that we have again an instruction manual to go by to help us. Amen. And so, and if you only acknowledge your iniquity, so we're we're um praise the Lord. Well, fourteen. Turn, oh backsliding children, say the Lord. Here it is right here, what we get into this morning. For I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. When we talk about, we say it all the time, God is married to the backslider. Hallelujah. Come back. Come back. Though you have fallen, you, 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 you got taken away with cares of life. He's saying, come back, all of you, return back to me. Why? Because I am here for you. Even then, as the prophet Jeremiah was going out and he was speaking, he was a prophet. He was going out to make the people aware. God still loves you. Return back to him. It's not too late. A lot of 
praise God. Um, MSN, the news, the internet at work, that's what they allow us to watch so we can stay current on things that are going on, praise God. But I thank God that Jesus keeps me current, praise the Lord. But as it was showing something and it was saying how the beaches are opening up, but the houses of God are remaining closed. And you went on down and it said it again. The beaches are opening up, but the houses of worship are still closed, something to that nature. And as I'm reading this, and then it went on to explain to you why the houses of, of worship were closed. And it said because a lot of times in houses of worship, when people come together, there tend to be a lot of hugging there. Um, there's a lot of close contact. Uh, the virus is easily spread among churches because a lot of times they're in a closed-in environment and there's so many people and some places and they're close together. And houses of worship, a lot of them are known for physical contact. A lot of them, you know, believe in hugging or shaking hands or, you know, up close talking. And so they were saying that's because of that, that risk that it runs, they, 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 prefer, they, they prefer that they remain closed, but the beaches are open. And then they went on to say, because, you know, beaches are out in the open, they're open, you know, people can, you know, come together. They don't have to be with a close contact. But for those of us, if you've ever seen people at beaches, when it starts to warm up, there's a lot of close contact at the beaches. But praise God. I'm, I'm just grateful to God that we still have a platform where we can come together because I'm, I'm not contained to a building, praise God. I thank God that we still have a place. We're still coming together. We're still assembling ourselves together. So therefore, this is still a place where if somebody is wanting to come back to Christ or if somebody doesn't know Christ, we still have a platform for them to come to accept him. Because there are people right now that are hungry and thirsty for Jesus. They're hungry and thirsty for something, but they don't realize that it's Jesus that they're craving right now. They don't realize that their hearts are lonely for him. For those who are sitting around battling certain things, their hearts are open for him. He's, he's here and he's ready and he's saying this is why we cannot stop talking about salvation. This is why he said we cannot stop warning the people. We can't come down off the watch tower. We can't. We can't. There's not time. We got to stay here and we got to continue to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we gotta do it through love without compromise. No, we can't compromise. Uh, can you I'm sorry. As we're reading in the Word, I love in 14, 
sometime today he's got a low but he had like this one day in between it's not due in to sometime today so exactly what time i don't know
receive it, we get excited about teaching it. And oh, when people receive it, that's even more of an excitement. So as, as the Lord continues to speak to you, as he continues, I love it, it says to Jerusalem, neither shall they walk anymore after the imagination of their evil heart. In other words, no longer will they walk in that stubbornness. Uh-uh. No. No longer. And he goes on to say, they see in those days the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together, ha, huh, out of the land of the north to the land that I have given for an inheritance. Hallelujah. Unto your father. Glory to God. Glory to God. When I said, how shall I put thee among the children and give thee a pleasant land a goodly heritage of the host of nations, and I said, Thou shalt call me my father, and shalt not turn away from me. Glory to God. We're going to continue to seek after you, Jesus. We're going to continue, Lord Jesus, to tell them about you, Father. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We thank God for those
the doors. I open to Jesus. I ain't worried about no doors of the church. The arms of Jesus are open. He says, I am the good shepherd. I stand at the door and I knock. That don't mean the door of the church. That means the door of the heart. Whoever is hungry and thirsty, he's open. He's here to receive you. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. Glory to God. So we say this scripture so many times in Isaiah 55. Do you know that's the invitation? That's the invite? That's the door being opened where he's inviting you to come? Glory to God. Mm. I'll take you to Isaiah 55 and 1. It says, hope everyone Thing. And six says this. This is what happened. 
Lord, and you won't, just as you do in the world now, God, you want the people of God to worship you, not other gods and not other things and not money. Father God, not houses and cars and buildings and jobs, but to worship you, and not career, but to worship you, Jesus, because you are our hope. You are that thing that when people were thirsting at they home, they thirsted after God. You were the one that quenched our thirst, that filled our thirst. And Lord, we will continue to share with whoever we come in contact with your word, your truth. We will continue to share it over this podcast because this is your post. It was created for you. And everything we do has to be you. It has to represent you. And we thank you, Lord, that every day we got another opportunity to pray, to worship, your word, what does say of the Lord over the airway? And we thank you for each and every one that joins in in your worship, in your truth. Jesus is the only way. You're the only way. The only way they can get to the Father is they got to go through you, Jesus. And so we will continue to be the mouthpieces that have been sent declare what your word says loudly, clearly. Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. Paul says Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Oh God, we thank you this morning. To whoever's listening in, they may be a backslider. They may be someone that never know you. We thank you that it's open this morning. This line is open. Whenever they get an opportunity to listen to it, God, we pray that it blesses them and it touches their heart to let them know you're not alone. Jesus is here. He's taking care of everything. Father, we praise you for those that are heading out this morning. Father, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going with them. Thank you for going with us every morning. Thank you for keeping us and, and building us and teaching us and carrying us and even speaking through us, for us. Father, I thank you for this line. I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. Thank you for every teacher that you placed on this line, every preacher that you placed on this line. As we continue to speak your word, as you continue to fill us with more of your word, your truth, I bless you for this day and every day. We do all these things in your name, Jesus. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you. For it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Love you.